Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Edwin Garcia from Pure Training Studio out of Mariposa, California. What's going on, Edwin? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thank, thanks for having me in. I'm, I'm excited to, to chat, learn, and offer. So uh, Yeah, brother. Thanks. Excited to have you on and uh, hear what you have going on. I, I threw the accent on for your for your city right there. So, um, but no, no, let's not waste any time here. Uh, how did you get started? What is it that made you want to start with owning your own fitness facility? Well, so our, our story is a little unique because we had an established business that we purchased that uh, some, some local folks who grew up here uh, started this gym community that I was a member of for eight years. And then um, as they moved on, you know, they were looking for good stewards of, of really their baby, right? Their, their thing that they had created and their, their culture and community as well as their brand. Um, and, and it just so worked out that, you know, my wife and I were able to get that done. And, and just personally, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just a guy that wandered into the high school weight room at 12 years old, six year, sixth grade, right? And told the, told the varsity coach, I was gonna be on his team one day and was able to uh, play college football and then coach at the college level. And, and I ran the weight rooms and all the jobs I had and, yeah. um, you know, ran some marathons and my wife been doing yoga and capoeira forever. And so just this really dynamic um, background as far as physical fitness and, and body awareness um, and uh, learning, learning the business side as we go, for sure. Yeah. yeah, definitely. A lot of people get into the fitness industry with a, you know, passion for helping people, changing lives. And they kind of forget that there's this whole business side of thing that you also have to be good at, right? You have to be able to, you know, get new members into the facility and sell them and then keep them, um, you know, and so forth. But cool, cool. So, so you just became, you just acquired this facility about two years ago. Um, now, I would love for you to give the listeners your own elevator pitch of Pure Training Studio and the services that you guys offer. Sure. Uh, yeah, we did. That's right. We bought a little over two years ago, so it was a, it was an interesting time to become a small business owner. But um, what what we've been able to maintain and and build upon from that original purchase, you know, we have. Uh, free weights in the building, uh, assisted lift, cable machines, a lot of cardiovascular equipment. We just bought a, a, a set of new ellipticals uh, with the articulating on handles. We have some with the, the uh, static mounted ones. We have spin bikes and spin classes, uh, group fitness classes. Our series would be called Body Tone for a little more of that full body workout and, and tone cool. and strength. Uh, but we also have these yoga classes that go from quite challenging to really um, therapeutic and, and restorative. Uh, we have TRX. Uh, we have a TRX um, monument, it almost looks like, but we have <laughs> this thing that was created outside that uh, some local folks that, that welded it for us. So um, we really try to get everything in one spot. We have a nutritionist on staff. We provide personal training services. Um, and, and even at times, and uh, I, I led um, like a, a meditation uh, slash uh, just kind of group conversation group for five years uh, as a member as, as well as, as the owner. So we, we, we try to do that traditional gym uh, fit thing here, but definitely with um, some, some more expansive uh, and inclusive opportunities for, for folks that, 
you know, aren't the gym rat. So for sure, for sure. And you're offering kind of like a whole one-stop shop here. I mean, you're doing everything from group training to private training, nutrition, accountability. You do an open gym 24-7 model. Um, that kind of leads me to my next question about how many members are you currently serving right now? So right now we're, we're running between 70 and 80 uh, monthly members. Um, that, that number has definitely been larger in the past, uh, but it's, it's, it's really, we're meeting a, a bottom resistance at that level. We have this really good um, core group of, of members that have been here forever that uh, have, have been retained, yeah. I think, by, by what we're doing, but also by their own commitment. And, um, you know, we, we kind of, we kind of between that 70 and 90 over the last year, year and a half. Um, and we'd really love to, to expand and, and get to a nice core of, of 90, 100 in the next year, year and a half. Cool. Cool. Awesome. And, and so you're sitting at about, you know, 70, 80, 70 to 80 members. I know you are trying to see some rate of growth at some point. What's like that number for you to where that goal number of membership that you want to get to? Well, so again, having been a member forever before um, buying the place, there was, uh, there was this, this time where they were probably running at about 125, 130. Okay. And, uh, and, and that while, while that is wonderful for paying the bills, uh, you know, the parking lot was full, you couldn't park, you couldn't get on a machine. Uh, you had to really be skillful in when you visited the building. Um, I think that that number of 100 to 110 uh, serves everyone really well. It, it would give a very dynamic, vibrant community of support to people when they come in. They'll see friendly faces that they recognize, but they'd also be able to get on the machines and and get in and get out and get their work done. Yeah, uh, and a game changer in revenue too, right? I mean, if you an extra 20 members at more of a high ticket price, which is what I'm assuming you guys are around considering everything that you offer, um, you know, that's the difference of, you know, paying rent and not paying rent of being able to save a couple extra grand to eventually maybe move to a bigger facility and not being able to. Um, so, so for you, what kind of things are you actively doing right now to aid that growth process? Sure. And, and you hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, we, we, we have our eyes on trying to get our own commercial space where we're not paying rent okay. anymore and where we can then become more liquid and, and, um, and hold uh, space for that hundred. Now, now to get to that hundred, you know, right now for the month of June, um, we're, we're letting folks come in and join for free without a commitment or an obligation. So uh, they just put the card on file and they get their fob key. They check us out for, for a month or however, 20 days, whatever's left right now, uh, go to the classes, use the childcare, uh, take advantage of the, of the opportunities that are within our building. And, and if it's not something that's bringing value to them or, uh, there's a better option or their life just doesn't allow them to get to the building as much as they would like. Well, then they've tried it for 20 days and they were able to cancel and it didn't cost either of us uh, any stress or any money. Right. But we have found in the past that using those types of promotionals um, have gotten people in the building who we've been able to retain. And then those people have friends. For sure. And how are you getting the word out about this offer, right? About, you know, free month of June, how, how are you getting the word out to, you know, the people in your area so that they show up and come to your facility? Sure. So, so since we are um, a small mountain community, right, we, uh, a lot of folks know us personally. So just holding those conversations, but putting flyers out in the, in the buildings where we have a lot of overlap with um, the social circles uh, and, and complimentary, right, the health food store. 
we're health and wellness. Um, but then we've got a very active Facebook platform, uh, Instagram platform. I am um, on the board of directors for the Chamber of Commerce in Mariposa County. And so as such, I'm a paying member. And with that, you get access to their platforms. So you're getting listed in, you know, tourism magazines and stuff like that, cool. as well as their online presence. Um, and, you know, lastly, we, we sponsor, you know, little league teams and I just cut a check to sponsor a soccer team. And so uh, you get, you get your name splashed on the back of a Jersey, yeah. you get, uh, you get a big, uh, basically a billboard with your logo and name on there. And, and so you get eyes on, um, you know, folks become aware that you exist, but you're also, you know, to me, that's better than, and, and newspapers are small businesses too. So I don't want to slight them, but to me, that's better than running the newspaper ad because, uh, you also get kids a chance to do something, right? <laughs> you're providing, you're, you're providing value, you're providing opportunity and getting those eyes on, uh, at the same time. So I, I agree. We're, I mean, word of mouth, community outreach referrals, it's super important in general, especially like you said, building that baseline of membership, you know, having a steady number of members that that won't ever leave because they believe in proof of product. They believe in the product you're giving. You know, it is proof of product that they're willing to refer people, you know, invite friends and family over. Um, but but even me, like the bad thing that I'd say about referrals, word of mouth, even paper advertising, radio advertising, is that it's really hard to track, right? And not, not only hard to track, but it's hard, hard to scale. Because like, even though, let's say last month, you were able to get five to 10 new members in off word of mouth, off community outreach, it's hard to gauge that and hard to plan, make a game plan for growth based off that, right? Because although, you know, last month you, you grew, you got some members in, you can't plan that to see the same consistent rate of growth in the coming months ahead. Um, have you ever tried anything like, like, like paid advertising, digital ads, Facebook ads? So, um, and, and I, I had the same thoughts about not being able to track or quantify that the value that we're getting in those endeavors. Um, and, and that's very true. Um, I, I would just add that, um, at least with the sponsoring of teams and stuff, <clears throat> it's that intrinsic value, you know, yeah, yeah. to your community. What we have done um, is there's like these electronic reader boards that another small business in the region uh, does. It's up in the grocery store. It's up in the pizza place. It's up in, you know, all the local haunts and uh, you can buy ad space up there. Um, and he's, he has done a very sleek, great job. Uh, presenting, you know, um, bullet point info along with some really cool images and stuff. And so we've, we've done that. Um, cool. I believe there's value there. Uh, we, we were definitely using that as, as a platform uh, right before the shutdown. And, and again, hard to quantify, but you'd hear, you'd see people and they'd say, Hey, I saw your ad, you know, when I was online at the grocery store and, and <laughs> that kind of stuff. And so, you know, we, we, we appreciate that and are probably going to step back toward uh, being into that space, uh, but we haven't done so recently. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no, I mean, it's, it's totally important to have your hands in a little bit of everything, just like, you know, sponsoring little league teams, soccer teams. Um, I, I just, in my perspective, at least it's hard. You can't, scale something you can't see the numbers off of right and digital marketing has just changed the game for so many gym owners and giving them you know a, a lead generation system and being able to you know with the flick of a button turn an ad add on and off once you figure out you know a good front-facing offer to promote online once you figure out your target demographic 
um, you could use the same ad for, you know, up to two years. So it's kind of like, you know, turning the button on and off, choosing how much money you want to put in, depending on the amount of leads you want to get. Um, and, and so it is a, a game changer in that respect. Have you ever thought of diving into that direction of, you know, maybe trying to run type of some type of digital or paid advertising? Yeah, so we've we've done you know through the through the meta platforms, right? The F Facebook meta platforms, the the paid advertising that's uh, targeted to whatever within the certain miles or certain age groups or the gender specifics. I have recently, in the last couple of weeks, really started looking at uh, the Google targeted ads. Uh, yeah, so we're starting yeah. to think towards those ends. I uh, haven't used it yet though, and. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate what you're saying because it's, I'm sitting here going like, yes, this is, this is the part where I said, I'm excited to learn. Uh, these are, these are areas of growth that I think that would be really beneficial um, for someone like myself, who's, yeah. you know, kind of in this more rural environment where, uh, you know, we, we, we're really focused on that word of mouth and those eyes on in physical, in the same. How, how small is, um, is your city? Just curious. Well, check this out. So this whole county, Mariposa County, which was a history lesson, no, which was part of the Fremont uh, land grant back in the day. It's like okay. the third, third largest geographically. Like it's a huge amount of space. And so the whole county has 17,000 people. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So the town is not large. <laughs> not large, but, but not too small either. I mean, literally, I mean, I, w I was talking to someone a couple of days ago. They lived... I don't even know. I'm not going to botch the name. I think <laughs> somewhere in like Ohio or something ridiculous, sure. not ridiculous, but they had like, you know, 9,000 people in their little city and they're able to pull in, you know, five new members a week through running Facebook ads. And they're like, dude, I was tripping. Like, I didn't think that I could even reach people in my small city, you know? So, so it's really crazy. I like the internet connects and that, people these days and, that, and that's amazing and so you know the, the facebook thing for us up here is like huge because of the age demographics of our community also that's like the platform most people are on right. and i read i just ran one for five days and uh 2400 views right cool. Cool. and um and you know whatever it was like 115 engagements um and i got uh two conversations and I signed up one of the two and I'm waiting to get a hold of the other one. Right. And so cool. you know, um, what did it cost me? It cost me $25. Right. So if I can get, if I can get, if I can get one, great. Right. If I can get two, great. And, and when you look at the metrics as it, on a macro level and you're like, man, 2,400 people and I only had two conversations, it, it can seem like a bump out. But the fact of the matter is I had two conversations more than I would have had if I didn't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so. Um, and another fact is that it takes, you know, most people will have to look at your ad three separate times before they finally click on it, right? So, so you know, it's kind of like getting the ball rolling in a sense. Did you boost your posts when you ran ads or were you running it through the Facebook business manager? So I, I uh, the, the most recent one I did not boost. Uh, in the last couple of months, I, I have boosted a few. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I mean, I keep, I keep doing it because there is value. Like I, I do get some conversations. I do have some people uh, who will tag other people in the post, right? They'll see it, they'll get eyes on and they'll tag someone who wasn't in the targeted audience, let's yeah, say. Yeah. So you're getting like ripple effect of value there. At least, um, I, I mean, if it's not a huge effect on the bottom line, it's, it's affecting, as you say, like those three to four views or whatever, it's affecting how many people even know you exist. Right. And, uh, and then maybe they see you there and then maybe they see you at Johnny's soccer game. And then maybe they see you when they're standing in line at the, at the supermarket. And, and 
planted, right? We might as well come check it out and see what this brother has to offer. Yeah. Uh, and once we get you in the building, I like our, I like our chances to bring value to your life. You know what I mean? So definitely, definitely. And you have to try, I mean, eventually dabbling into running actual like ad campaigns through Facebook business manager by making like a pixel and stuff. Um, that That's where you could really scale and be able to get leads for as low as like $5 a lead. Um, I, I talked to, you know, some gym owners, what's big across the board from what I seen, because it's all about the front facing offer that you have, right? Because you're trying to catch these people's attention while they're scrolling and get them to click on whatever link you have. So it's all about, you know, what are you giving them in that first picture video that's going to make them click. And, and what I've seen is a lot of people running transformation plays, transformation challenges, you know, uh, six weeks, lose 20 pounds, six weeks, gain 20 pounds, um, stuff like that. Some people say it's cheesy and they don't like running the transformation plays, but then it's like, Hey, sometimes you have to be business minded and, and, you know, do the things that's gonna, you know, bring the most value to you as well. Right. I like that. No. So, and, and that's a thing that, uh, the previous owners had done, right. That even though I was already in the building, uh, I was like, let's go. Like, I want my star on the star chart, right? Like, like I'm gonna come every day and do that. What it, you know, whether it was like 30 minutes on the, on the rowing machine or whatever. Right. And so that also, I think recharges and brings more value to the existing membership, right? When you do, when you do those transformation plays or those challenges, if you will, or those let's train to go do the Spartan or let's train to go, you know, do this hike through in Yosemite, which is in our backyard. Um, those are some great ideas again, that is, a space for for us to explore and yeah. and try to inhabit and, and grow into because we we haven't really been doing much of that yeah yeah no definitely and it just gives them something to hold on to a reason to stay right they're trying to get to the end of that six weeks they want to accomplish their goals um and then you know i i always tell people as you know gym owners we don't we don't sell fitness we sell like we, we sell results and we sell a lifestyle right so being able to communicate that and then provide that within your facility that's what keeps the retention and keeps people coming back. Um, but cool. So a question that I do like to ask here, just because I think it's a good way for you to reflect on even the past two years that you've been a gym owner here. Um, but what was something that was more difficult than you thought when it came to running your facility? Oh, man. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I went in, I think, pretty clear eyed about the fact that you're going to do everything right. And, and so, um, the, the time investment in, in all of that, while it was intensive, it, it was something that was sort of expected, right? Now, uh, I, I teach, I'm a teacher, I'm a full-time teacher, so I teach math and science, and I'm like, well, so I'm going to be able to do this accounting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to uh, handle my QuickBooks and my taxes and all of that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I have uh, been able to, but that was um, a bigger um, area for growth and, and skill and um, advancement than I had anticipated, right? So, so like I can get out here all day and, and fix a machine and take an operating system off of a different one and, uh, you know, personal train people put together 20 week protocols, whatever they want, right? Get them ready for, but, but getting into uh, the, the ins and outs of manipulating QuickBooks, assigning things to the right accounts, uh, using, use Intuit Turbo, TurboTax, like getting all of that stuff to align properly and, and do your uh, taxes and payroll and all of those things. The stuff people don't think about. That's, that was, that was definitely something that 
even when we first became owners, wasn't that big of a deal because the world stopped spinning and we didn't have any payroll, right? I just had to pay my rent and my electricity, which we weren't using electricity because nobody could go in the building. Yeah. So definitely, uh, definitely that, that back house, um, payroll tax, uh, keeping things in the right categories. Um, that, that was something that proved to be a little more challenging than I had anticipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just like we talked about so many things that people jump into gym owner life and then forget that all these little things really matter, like keeping track of your numbers. I, I, I you know, talk to a lot of people who maybe not have a bad stigma for tracking numbers or they feel bad that they're not tracking the right numbers. And to me, it's just always like a, a point of knowing what you're doing good at and what you can improve upon or knowing the things that are working that you should continue pushing on. Right. Like if you were able to track where all your members come from and you see like, Hey, everyone's coming from Google SEO or, you know, from Yelp, then it's like a pretty obvious, like, Hey, let's throw some more money into this and and scale this up real quick. Um, But no, definitely. You're right. Definitely something that blindsides a lot of people having to keep track of all these little things. Um, Now, another question here is, you know, I know you just became a gym owner within the last two years here, but if you could wave a magic wand and have a magic business wand, have your business be in the exact position that you want it, um, what would that really look like to you? Oh man, it's, it's, it's more like infrastructure. When you, when you ask that question in my head, I have my own commercial space that has a vaulted ceiling. We have a climbing wall. I mean, we're right outside of Yosemite, right? And like there are climbers everywhere and there is no climbing facility in our region at all. And so when it's raining or snowing, nobody's climbing, right? And they're getting in their cars and going to Fresno, going to Oakland, Ironworks and some of these other amazing gyms. And so, um, you know, infrastructure wise, that, that magic wand would be, I own my own space. And, and we have some, some auxiliary stuff to, we, we're doing even more than what we're doing now, like having those, those bouldering or climbing walls, or, uh, there was a community that we were helping out also that does, um, the silks, right. Mm-hmm. High, like, like trapeze type silks. Right. And, and yeah, yeah. coming in here and using our, our anchors and our low little ceiling. And, uh, I would like to be able to support those types of communities more. So that, that magic wand, I think then brings in an entirely different demographic, right? Those climbers, they're incredibly strong and physically fit, but they're going to be out hiking and they're going to be out climbing. And then when they can't hike and climb, they're going to be working to try to keep their lights on. Well, uh, if you, if you provide them a space where they can, they can work out in those off seasons, I think we get a whole new community that isn't even in the gyms yet. You know, if we can get those performance artists, those like ballet slash aerial silk type communities up in, I think we have we have growth potential there because there are thriving communities in 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 those uh, populations that that we're just not servicing because we we don't physically have the capacity to do it. And uh, the magic wand, man, we we would have that space, we would have that infrastructure, and we would be even more dynamic and inclusive in in our clientele. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm a big fan of uh, Alex Honnold. Do you know Do you know who that is? Absolutely. So so that us. So I show, <laughs> so derail right here, but uh, the the, uh, the National Geographic um, documentary of yeah. Free Solo, I show my students like every year, right? Because that last week before you go to summer break, you're not getting anything done anyway. So I'm like, right, right. check this cat out, right? And uh, um, so yeah, I, I I dig all those cats, man. But he's got a little, he's got some some bigger footprint than just hanging out in Mariposa, right? Like right now. 
he's a uh, he's one of the National Geographic explorers, like on yeah. staff. Uh, anyway, you know, so. <laughs> one of the few uh, rock claimers that's gone this much, you know, crit- that's this critically acclaimed. You know, he, he's worldwide now. Um, but cool. So, so what do you think is like the biggest bottleneck that you're facing right now from getting to that point of you know moving to the facility that you want? having the rock climbing wall, having a bigger space, getting more members. What's like the, the, the main bottleneck that you think is holding you back from that? It, it's well outside, right. And in the pragmatics of the region that we're in, there's just not a space where we could do that yet. And then this, the, the, the undeveloped spaces that we would be able to get in and kind of build our dream. Um, we're, we're not, fiscally ready to be able to do that right and then and then in internally right like what can i do right well um you know i haven't made that effort yet to to bring the climbing community in or to follow up with that aerial silk ballet community we used to have like i said the silks people in here we had a butterfly uh never mind i don't want to mention that but we had a, a local uh community in here also doing doing ballet like once a week okay. and and i kind of you know to my own fault just kind of let those people move on when they didn't need the space anymore right instead of okay. instead of initiating those conversations of like you know i really appreciate it having you here how can we still support you in the future like what would it look like in my space for you to, to still be able to use this place and, and have success in what your vision is for you yourselves right so you know, I, I think it's it's me reestablishing relationships and and having those conversations with those communities that I want to expand into when the outside fits, right? right. Like have that inside stuff and those relationships locked in and, and set up uh, so that when that external uh, reality can can be worked, uh, that, that things just click in. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's important to have the have that big goal right but there's also a probably a million small steps that you have to take before you know you move to the next step and the next step and the next before you could get to that point of getting the facility you want you know building the rock climbing wall um would you say as of right now that point is is pretty much kind of growing your membership to that number that you want well absolutely getting that membership up and being able to like increase margin a little bit is going to be helpful uh you know also trying to work the the um was it the 703b and going to a small business association and looking at what those those real estate uh, purchase loans are at with the lower apr we're probably going to wait on that given the current state of inflation but um you know so so working those i just wrote a grant Right. I sit down, I write grants. I try. So, so working all of the avenues, like not just within your building, within your community and within your, your membership goals and all of that, but, but looking outward and saying, well, you know, I'm for me, right. My name's Edmund Garcia. My, my dad is Puerto Rican, right? Like I'm Hispanic, like Hispanic business owners have a subset of opportunities, right. Is for financing or whatever. Yeah. And so just looking for those opportunities, right. Looking uh, for places where you can at least run it out there and, and see if you can get some more backing uh, along those lines, in addition to increasing revenue to help you. Yeah. Yeah. What, what type of things have, have you tried at least to increase revenue? Cause I know you're adding different services. So it's almost like you have the, the option, right. To, to have these different layers of revenue. Um, what, what have you done at least to try and, you know, maybe not lower your margins. Cause sometimes that's always, that's kind of hard. You don't want to have to start cutting back or lowering, watering down the levels of your service so that the money that you're making kind of extends more. 
Um, what, what have you done to try and increase the revenue or at least improve the margins? So that's a great question. So uh, we we had when we purchased the place and moved in, uh, we had a, an external vendor um, and, and uh, that that we used for scheduling and for billing and all of that stuff. That would that's world worldwide, right? They're best of class, and they were they were running about five hundred dollars a month um, during during the shutdown. Uh, looking around and trying to figure out best practices, you know, we went to a different vendor that we do our billing through and our scheduling and all of that. Uh, they cost me $64 a month okay. have been same level of support, more responsive. Cause it's like a guy in his garage, right? <laughs> I call the guy and he'll add the tab, right. Or he'll give me more functionality for what I need. Uh, so that was like, I mean, that's not an exaggeration. You're talking $400 a month saving money, right. In my pocket, in my pocket, in my pocket that well, in the businesses um, fluidity that wasn't there before. So, so looking for these um, opportunities to change vendors uh, to maybe smaller scale vendors that are still going to fully support what we're doing and be able to provide the exact same value for ourselves and our members, um, mm-hmm. but, but reduce costs. And so, I mean, along those lines also, we have, um, we have a phone and internet provider that is um, very pervasive in the region and, and they're kind of the only game in town. And, and they have a price point that reflects that. And, and I know those people and I like them and I, I wish them well, but uh, I also have Starlink at my house, right? And, and I already have that online for over here. So as soon as that hardware comes through, now I'm saving $50 a month, man. And when you're talking a, a, a small business in the foothills, man, $50 a month becomes $600 a year. Uh, you know, I, I can do more with, with that, right? right. So, right, right. Uh, so just looking for like like I said those those as looking for new vendors for things that you're already doing that can not only provide the level of service you're accustomed to but maybe uh, better maybe better service and better um, opportunities so that's kind of how we've been able to increase the revenue or the margin uh, just with um, how we're spending our money uh, without cutting back service or access for sure for sure and, and we you know what you want for your business now, right, Edwin, we know, you know, you have a passion for your members, you started there as a member yourself before deciding to purchase a facility, um, you have a passion for changing lives, but, but, but what is it that you want from the business? What do you want the business to give back to you and your family? Okay, so that's another great question, right? So, so to be completely transparent and honest, because that's all I know how to do, uh, I, I mean, we pay ourselves a little bit, right, for the work that we do here. So that that's not it, right? So I'm, yeah, I'm 45. I'm a public school teacher. I am looking at, in 10 years, and 55, retiring from teaching. All right, so I'll have a pension. Uh, the pension isn't going to get it done, right? So yeah, inflation is going to kill uh, every pension for everybody, cops, firefighters. I mean, yes, it, it sucks. Right, right, right. So, so this is my retirement play, right? To be able to, um, and, and, and even though I'm 45, I do have a five-year-old, my, my only two children, my two sons are five years old and three years old. So at 55, man, you said for me and my family, retire from the full-time gig that takes me out of the house 12 hours a day. Nah, 10 and a half, 12 a day. Yeah. Because I have to travel. 
do this full, not even full time, schedule it around, right? At that point, they're going to be 15 and 13 when young men are want to become knuckleheads. Yeah. Uh, schedule it around being able to, I don't know, go sit with them at lunchtime and make sure they're not acting a fool, yeah. right? So, so basically be able to supplement income uh, so that I can be retired, be much more available, spend more, more time with my, my little men and uh, hopefully bring, you know, more structure and peace to their existence if they need it. And if not, just, just spend more time, man, before they're out in the world trying to navigate this stuff by themselves. And so very much trying to answer the question about my desire for myself and my family is to allow me to actually retire from the public pension job at 55, uh, but not become a financial burden or reduce the level of lifestyle for my children while being around them more. Yeah. And, and to have, you know, some type or, or level of freedom too. That's, you know, I think what every business owner's goal is to eventually have the business kind of run like a well-oiled machine on its own. And for you to be able to not only make money from it, but be able to take a step back, like you said, go on vacations, you know, go, go see your kids whenever you want, um, sit with them at school during lunch. Um, so awesome. Awesome. I love it. And I, I think that's a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode, Edwin. But before we do sign out of here, please give a shout out to your website, social media pages, just so the listeners can find some more info on you and your gym. Sure. Well, every everything is Pure Training Studio. So <laughs> the website's going to be, you know, www.puretrainingstudio.com. You're going to find us on, on IG as Pure Training Studio. You're going to find us on Facebook as Pure Training Studio. So everything is, is those uh, three words. Sometimes they're all three capitalized. Sometimes it's just the first letter, but it's going to show up for you if you go, go and look for that. And uh, yeah, so we, I appreciate your time uh, being able to kind of learn something and open up my eyes a little bit as into where is it, places that I definitely want to expand into as far as my own game plan. And uh, yeah, I hope people check us out and it got something out of it. Yes, sir. I appreciate you once again. Make sure you check them out, you guys. Edwin Garcia from Pure Training Studio out of Mariposa, California. I appreciate you once again. Look forward to seeing what you could accomplish down the road. Um, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. As for the listeners, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Victor from Aesthetic Lab in New York, New York. What's up, Victor? How are you today? Hi, Brianna. I'm, I'm doing really good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. All right, so let's jump right into the details here without wasting any time. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? 
So basically, I fall in love with um, physical activity. I've been my whole life being active. And um, back in college, I was studying to become a dentist. So this is a big different turnaround type of business. So basically, um, that didn't happen in Ecuador. Um, situation, you know, the economy and everything changed a lot. So I, I emigrated to New York City to try to pursue my career as a dentist, but that obviously never happened. So since I was always active, I was like thinking, hmm, it has to be something else that I can be able to do and be and being passionate about it. So obviously physical activity was one. So I got deep into nutrition and bodybuilding. That was basically my 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 gateway, my path into have this business right now. So basically, um, I was working for a big company as a personal trainer. Um, basically, I gained my experience through that. Eventually, since day one, I knew that the best way to um, grow as a professional personal trainer is to have your own business. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was the first thing that I, that I um, immediately came out to my head. You have to have your own business. You have to have your own business. But obviously without clients, without experience, without basically uh, being um, in the field, basically the battlefield of working and having your own uh, business, it will never happen. So um, I was working for this company. I became the best trainer in, in, in the company. And... Um, I started competing as a bodybuilder, uh, men's physique for NPC. I was all over the country, South America um, also, competing, winning trophies, top three, top five, number one, so on and so on. I got hooked. I love it so much, but I knew that's not a sustainable way to um, uh, uh, you know, be a trainer and competing all the time. I'm getting older and... I wasn't feeling a little bit empty. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you understand that part. Yeah. Um, I was always training hard, always waking up early in the morning, training my clients, but I, if something was missing. I knew that for a fact, something was missing. Um, when the pandemic hits, basically I got out of work and um, I was kind of happy for like, a, I have to say two weeks. Like I took time off competition everything shuts down mm-hmm. and then after those two weeks i realized oh 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 no this pandemic situation is gonna last a little bit longer what i was expecting um i remember the company was telling me oh we you're coming back in a month don't worry about it um we we gotta let you go for a month but everything go back to normal that never happened so that's mm-hmm. when i got really paranoid because i was feeling in, in my body and in my head that i need to do something and that's what actually strike back like the, that, that little need, urge to have my own business actually strike like, all right, this is now or never, mm-hmm. right? So here in New York City, the, the city was so isolated, it was empty. It was basically like an apocalypse just strike. And I was basically walking in the middle of the avenue, mm-hmm. looking for locations, looking for a good deal. And um, I remember one of my mentors who owns many restaurants in the city was telling me, this is the right time for you to start your own business. This is the right time because this is not gonna last forever. You need to walk around 
get a broker, get an architect, get a lawyer, get, you know, a whole team of people that works for you and basically make your business a reality. Thanks to this friend of mine, that's exactly what I did. I make some phone calls. I have a decent amount of friends, you know, in my phone book and basically, all right, I need a broker. All right, here's the broker. You need an architect. You got the architect. I need an, uh, a lawyer. You got a lawyer. So basically I put everybody in one room and basically I say, listen, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. This is what I'm going to, I want to start. Can we work together on this? Everybody agree. And then we start looking for a location. Um, and the rest is history. You know, I, I'm in the, in Soho, which is a really uh, popular um, neighborhood in Manhattan. Um, since day one, it was a big hit. I got the location, accommodated, have the best equipment, I have the best technology to track clients progress. And uh, since day one, I just called my old clients and one client, the, the best this is something that I really want to advise gym owners all over the country, all over the world. If you're passionate about what do you do, um, everything starts coming by, by itself. You know, for me, is having a, a look, a place, a studio that I can be able to train, show my passion and experience. The best, you know, everything comes, you know, easily. Um, when I show results, um, clients basically spread the word and everything comes, like I said, easily. Mm -hmm. So um, that's exactly what happened. Since day one, I just call everybody, listen, believe it or not, it finally happens. I have this place. Can you, can you come and train again? The, okay. And they respond immediately. Yes, I can. I stop by right away. Let's take a look. And the places start getting busier and busier and busier. And now I have different, obviously, obstacles like any other business owner. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and I, I can't ask for no more. I'm really happy about what just happened. Um, I guess when you, um, you have to take advantage of the situations all the time. You know, for me, when the pandemic hits, I wasn't, I was a little bit, I guess, um, I took a break, obviously, you know, like a few weeks, but and then I was like, okay, what's next? I need to, I need to do this, what I do, what I'm passionate about. I miss training. I miss training my clients. Um, so let's let's see what 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 can I do, and, right? Um, and that's basically it. <laughs> okay. So now you mentioned some obstacles that you're facing. So different obstacles yes. now. Now that the gym Correct. is open and mm -hmm. functioning, and uh, the pandemic has quieted down quite a bit. So what are some of those obstacles that you're facing now within the business? Well. Um, I think the major, the number one obstacle is um, uh, creating a team of trainers. Mm -hmm. um, a good thing for me is clients and like um, initial consultations for newcomers, new prospect clients is never being an obstacle for me, which is great. Uh, but the problem is time. For example, me as a trainer, I'm completely booked. I have no time. I start from six in the morning until eight in the morning nonstop. Mm -hmm. which is amazing but at the same time I have more people coming in like ah oh, can I train with you um I say actually not uh, you have to train um but, you know like it, it, in the beginning it was hard to get like I said trainers experienced trainers that mm -hmm. actually follow my vision of training uh so that's been the biggest obstacle right now I have a uh, uh, with three 
in total right now. They're amazing trainers, you know, and like I'm really happy about it. But obviously, as business grows, you have to expand the location. You need to expand uh, staff. You need to get, a, you know, the real estate, the space. You have to get bigger. So you get bigger costs. Then you need to buy equipment and more stuff to accommodate everybody at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, Post pandemic, a lot of people, um, basically they want an open space, they want fresh air coming in, coming out. So I need to pay attention to details and obviously to keep uh, the environment safe and clean. That's something I really um, know about is like cleanliness and the space is number one. Yeah. Second one is safety, you know, mm-hmm. like um, once they're here and they see the environment clean, my second thing is, you want to achieve a certain goal, yes, but technique is number one, you know, and that's what I am reinforced to my trainers is like, if you don't know how to cue in a client, okay, no problem. We need to sit down and discuss certain things because um, the best way to retain clients is obviously results, but number one is not get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So it doesn't necessarily seem like you're looking to grow the membership at this time because you're maxed out as far as how many clients you can actually take on. Yes. Um, But there are multiple ways to grow a business. So it's like we can get more clients. That's one way. We can get them to pay more by providing them higher levels of service. Mm -hmm. And then the third way being keeping them longer because we know that it is much cheaper to keep a client than it is to acquire a new one. Correct. so that that second level there being getting them to pay more by providing them higher levels of service. So are there any other levels of service that you are providing to the clients that you currently have, whether that be nutrition, accountability, supplementation, uh, retail? That's you know, a great question. Are- great question. Um, uh, the best way to retain clients is obviously results, but at the same time, in order to offer different sources of income is technology, I believe. So I do have a 3D body scanner. Mm-hmm. Basically, I use it uh, and um, every client, every four weeks, we, we track your progress. So by tracking progress, obviously, you, the client, clients, uh, when they see results, when they see numbers, whatever those goals are, you, you want to get bigger, you want to get toned, you want to get smaller, you, you're running a marathon, whatever, those numbers don't lie. You know, so during that 3D body image, once you see results, I can see it in my client's eyes. They just pop like, oh my God, is that me? I can't believe in the past I was like that. And now I'm this, signing up for another pack, you know, immediately. It's, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. The other component that I implement recently is uh, infrared sauna. That is something that I really like because that the recovery component after a good session you step into the sauna for no more than 35 minutes. And basically I, I like my clients to just sit down, relax, sweat and release some toxins, lactic acid. And that's another good way to um, uh, uh, create a new service. And obviously to keep uh, clients retention, you know, by mm-hmm. implementing new things. Um, I guess in the future, I would love to, I'm studying, reading articles about, um, what is this called? Uh, the true sculpt, um, uh, f- uh, troops called flex machine. Something that I'm. It's quite not new, but it's something that I 
intrigued about it. You know, uh, mm -hmm. if I adding an addition with my program, addition with your uh, the, the the diet, and then you have an extra uh, machine that help you to uh, activate certain areas so you can train while you're training. Um, that would be nice to add. So that would be something that I might uh, add in the future, but it's on you know in the unknown for now. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so as far as big picture goals go, what, what's the big picture goal for you? Where would you like to take the business ideally in an ideal situation? Um, in an ideal situation would be to keep the, my current location as my elite place for me and my clients and, uh, and, and a few trainers. The next one is basically spread the word. I mean, not spreading the word, but like having a bigger location. Because like, like I said, the good thing about the brand that I create is basically people want to, I have like two to three newcomers every week. They basically, they come, they want the, I provide the initial consultation. It's an assessment, it's free. Um, basically, we check your, um, your strengths and weaknesses. We measure you, your BMI with a 3D body scanner. Um, everything is not invasive. It's actually a really easy step. And then we start from there. The retention of those newcomers is basically 80 to 85%. So obviously I'm always over capacity in terms of like the location itself is like, it can retain new clients because the way that I want it, I want, it's a one-to-one -one personal training experience, which I want everybody to have their own space is like a um, unique experience, you know, it's basically one client, one space, one trainer, you know, places big and bright with big windows, front and back, fresh, fresh air is always flowing. So it's a sense of cleanliness and obviously, um, um, you know, like a unique experience, you know, um, it's just, it's basically the gym is for you for one hour. And that's right. something I really like. And like I said, post pandemic, we have this mentality now of cleaning it. We're more, you know, aware of, you know, clean air. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like about to have this, this place, you know, is to have this sense of cleanliness and everything is like on spot, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so now one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own facility or doing their own thing, what would that be? Obviously you opened your gym kind of during a crazy time. Uh, so that I'm sure that you've learned, <laughs> you've learned a lot along the way. Yeah. Uh, yes. So what's one of the most important things that you've learned that you think would be helpful for somebody else uh, looking to do the same essentially? Basically, um, if you're passionate about this business, just go for it, 100%. Um, you got to look for the best deal, study the market, check, you know, the, um, if you have a decent amount of clients, you have, to, you have to expand your business as a brand, not as a personal trainer. You know, think big. You got to think um, you're creating a brand, you're creating a system, you're creating a program you need to scale it, you know? Um, I think it's the best way to describe what I did here is like in the beginning as a personal trainer, I was thinking me, Victor, me, Victor, me, this, me, that. No, um, you gotta think outside that box. 
you can't do everything. You need to rely on people. Obviously, it's the hardest part, but it's, it's the best way to, to run a business. You need to have a team. So mm -hmm. my advice is if you like what you do and you're showing results, clients will always come. You know, that will be not an obstacle. The biggest obstacle is to, you need to create a team. Um, I, did, I did it backwards, you know? So if I go back, I would like to start a team first and then the clients will arrive, you know, because um, for me, it was never a problem. So I guess uh, it would be the first thing is you need to create a team of, you know, people that you can be able to trust and like, you know, they have you back. And basically, you can be able to spend the business way quicker. You know, I was working seven days a week for almost two years. Mm -hmm. And basically, it, it was um, it was really, it was tough. It was killing me, you know, but I didn't know how to expand it. You know, um, you know first time business owner here in New York City is tough. You, you, you have to deal with a lot of, um, you know, taxes, um, uh, laws, and, you know, a whole bunch of insurance, um, you know, so like, um, it, it's way harder, I believe, here in the city, because it's a concentrated place, it's a lot of competition, and you need to stand out, so for me, I was nervous because of that, I knew a lot of successful stories here in the city, but also really bad ones, mm -hmm. so I don't want to be the second option, like the failure, and that, that's my biggest fear, so I always want to be competitive. I want to be the best. And the only way to be the best is you have to be smart, you know, not a hard, you know, obviously you have to be a hard worker, but you have to be smarter than that. You yeah. know, so you got to, you got to, you know, obviously wake up early in the morning, get your clients happier, show results. But at the same time, you know, you have to rely, you got to build a team again. Is that, that be the smartest way to do, you know, you, you look around, good for other passionate individuals who basically like what they do, you know, in terms of fitness, you got to come out, you know, show them, I need to show them your vision. And basically uh, if the vision is good, if you actually convince them to do, they will join you and they, you know, we, they we can work together and make this brand uh, a success. Um, so I think that would be the best advice that I can give to those new business owners right want to try this you know yeah absolutely and you're not alone in uh you said you kind of did it backwards you know most most gym owners start out just themselves you know yes. doing yeah. everything wearing all the hats working all the hours um and then it does get to a point where it gets challenging to delegate some tasks and let yeah. go of some of that control and and get help from other people uh, you max you know, out and then you get burned out you mm -hmm. know, so I, I reached a point that I was like, I'm tired. I really don't want to open this place. I don't know what I did. Um, I think it, it's too much. Mm -hmm. But and then you, in retrospect, you start thinking, wait a minute, you're tired. You just basically, you need to take a day off, reset, look around, you know, um, check your phone, talk to your friends, you know, you know, you know, for me, I've been doing this for almost 10 years as a personal trainer. So like, yeah, I was looking at my phone like and i remember trainers you know they used to work at certain locations other ones become individual you know um trainers working all over the city reaching out to everybody and like hey listen i got this blah blah blah. what do you think about stopping by come on let's work out together let's do this 
uh, where you think about working, you know, over here, you know, and, you know, see what happens. So that's exactly what I did, you know, and uh, so far I've been lucky. I have, you know, good trainers, amazing trainers, actually, and I can ask for no more. I mean, actually, I, I need to ask for more. Yeah, I need more. <laughs> more good trainers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, one of the most challenging pieces, finding the right people to help you. You know, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that you know that you can rely on that to provide that same level of service or as close as possible to this the same level of service that you provide for your clients. Um, that can be really, really challenging. So definitely a kind of a bottleneck that a lot of gym owners face. Yes. It's something that, um, yeah, it's like any other business. It's always obstacles. It's always something to think about and just overcome those obstacles. You know, it's not impossible. It's something that it takes some time to just, you know, evaluate, think about it and just execute it the proper way. You know, mm -hmm. like I said, you have to, you, you don't have to just work hard. You have to be smarter with your decisions, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? All right. How can they, how can they follow you if they want to, if they want to, uh, find you on social media? What are oh, your, so, um, so they can follow me on, uh, what is that? We are aesthetic lab that, um, that's on Instagram. We are aesthetic lab. Uh, you can reach out through my email, Victor at aesthetic NYC, or you can check my website, aesthetic NYC. Perfect. All righty. So Victor from Aesthetic Lab in New York, New York. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us in the show today is a duo, the two, David and Emily with Refuge CrossFit out of Alaska. What's going on, folks? How are you doing today? Hey. Hey, man. Good, good. Doing good. I appreciate you guys being here. We're excited to have both of you guys on. And uh, before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at the gym, you know, first, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you guys get started in the first place? Yeah. So we, um, I was, I had just, uh, we, well, back up a little bit. We moved up to Alaska, uh, a little bit of a change of scenery. 
Uh, Emily had just left working for a, as a manager of a large restaurant chain down in uh, Nashville. I had just left law enforcement um, and kind of our goal as we were getting settled up here was to start our own fitness facility one day, uh, start a personal training gym and um, kind of in the process of getting moved up here, uh, started doing a bunch of different things, got involved with some churches locally and uh, getting started in personal training a little bit. But we found that we kind of were like balancing too many plates, um, you know, trying to trying to juggle juggle too many things. Um, and they were all good things, but it was um, just a little bit too much to to do well. So we kind of identified a need or a desire to consolidate what we were doing into like one or very, very few things, kind of uh, pursuing our, our faith, um, doing family well, and then, you know, whatever it was that we needed to do for work. So we kind of started brainstorming like what that would look like. And uh, so now we, we run Refuge CrossFit, which is a faith-based uh, CrossFit gym. So it's kind of like a, uh, we run it a little bit like a church, uh, like a ministry, but also, you know, a, a for-profit business. Um, so we have lots of opportunity to help people, uh, not only with their physical well-being, but also just with navigating life and difficult circumstances and stuff like that. So that's kind of what inspired the inspired the start um, and when what brought about Refuge CrossFit generally. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I think that's awesome. That's a great concept and the great explanation of how you described it and whatnot. I love that. And so let's dive a little bit deeper into like the nitty gritty here. And so we'll start with the bare bones basics. Um, how many members are you guys at currently? Uh, we're sitting about, I think, 260, 270. And that includes all of our little kids up into our seniors class as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so uh, let's see, I'll use myself as the avatar. I think that's the easiest way to kind of do it. So if I came in and I was like, Hey folks, I'm ready to get started. I'm ready to rock. Let's do it. Um, what would I then have to pay to become a client or a member? Well, before we let people just become members, uh, we want them to try it out. We want them to try a class out because we want to make sure that they jive with us and they like our style of coaching and they like the atmosphere and the people. And if they have fun that day and then, then we'll chat um, after their first experience about membership. But as far as membership goes, we do it all month to month. There's no um, sign-up fee. There's no contract. Um, and it's based on a couple different things. We've got like a full-time individual. We've got a part-time individual. We've got a couple membership, a family membership, um, and then prices for just kids or seniors or teens um, college kids. I think, yeah, yeah we kind of have something that's going to fit everybody. So we do things, we, we kind of do things a little bit different up here in Alaska because Alaskans are, uh, by default, like fiercely, uh, independent. Uh, <laughs> so if you even utter the word contract, uh, most people will run out the door. Jeez. So I know that's kind of counter counterintuitive to most of the gym, uh, industry, you know, where everybody tries to get, you know, uh, get in line with that contract idea. Um, but we also are very, very gym rich up here. Um, there are in our little community, there are six CrossFit gyms. Um, and we're not a big community. Uh, we're, you know, in the tens of thousands of people, uh, in, in the larger community, the greater Matsuburo area, 
you know, it's somewhere above a hundred thousand people, but not much more than that. Um, so we kind of have to, you know, make sure that we've got decent offerings for different things so that, you know, people want to come to us versus the other five and all of us, all six of the CrossFit gyms specifically have, you know, a, a little bit different flavor up here. They're all great. Uh, we all kind of diverged from the same group of coaches and stuff, uh, over, over time. Um, but, um, but yeah, and then, and then there's like number of other, you know, more traditional gyms. Um, so we always like play 20 questions with people when they come in, like, Hey, what is it you're looking for? You know, cause we can usually tell pretty quick whether we're going to be a good fit for them and they're going to stick around. Um, or we'll just straight up recommend like, Hey, no, it sounds like this other gym down the road is going to be exactly what you're looking for. And we have absolutely no qualms about like, Hey man, it doesn't sound like you're going to be happy here at all. Like this is the other gym that I think you're going to really like, and you're going to jive with. And we've had a number of gym owners like reach out like, Hey man, thanks for that member. Thanks for that referral. That was cool. You know? Um, so we're, we're really about like, you know, not only our own success, but making sure the, the fitness community as a whole, kind of grows here that's awesome that's such a great outlook to have and i feel like not everybody can unfortunately look at it that way but i think it's a, a great perspective yeah. and it really shows your care for not only just obviously your clients but just the industry in general and i think that's major that's major really you're in it for the right reasons and so on the topic of clients folks um for you guys what has been the best practice of finding new clients Hmm. We, <laughs> we don't really do much as far as marketing goes. Uh, there's some few, a few things that we do on the back end to kind of filter, um, what we, the action we want online or on social media, the right way, just to get our name up there. Like if you were to come visit Alaska and you would search CrossFit gyms in Alaska, we want to be up in the top um, cause that's going to get a lot of visitors or if you just move to the area or whatever. And the way that we go about doing that is like, if we host a competition or, um, have any information on like an outing or a get together or whatever, um, it's all filtered through our website. And so we don't put that, like, we'll put a little teaser on Instagram or on Facebook, but, they have to click the link and go to our website to get the information or click the link and go to our website to sign up for the competition. And that's all going to bump us up higher and higher on that Google search. So that's really the, um, the only marketing that we do intentionally. Other than that, it's all community driven. Um, yeah, and just getting out and talking to people and word of mouth and, uh, it's a small area up here. So we, and he grew up up here. He went to high school up here. So we know a lot of people and just having conversations when we're out at a restaurant or out at the park or going on a hike or whatever. Um, and then our members do a lot for us, just bringing in their friends. And that's when we end up seeing the most retention is when people know people within the community, they stay longer. So yeah, we've had, we've, we definitely over the last three and a half years, that was the the trend that we noticed was folks that had no prior connections to our community. Um, didn't, you know, they were, they were maybe a little more hesitant to get plugged in uh, a little more reserved. So then they, you know, they would last three, four months, kind of the typical, like, 
uh, like I'm motivated and I'm doing this um, kind of time period that I saw when I was working for a larger gym, like, hey, three, four months of motivation. And then it kind of just trickles off a little bit unless they're really engaged. Um, so we try and do things to capture those people's attention um, and get them, get them to where they're plugged in, get them to where they're hanging out with people outside of the gym, doing stuff together that, you know, finding a workout buddy, whatever that is. Um, but really the people that come in and are like, Hey, so-and-so and so-and-so are my buddies. I work out, you know, doing whatever, or haven't worked out at all. Um, those, those people that already have prior community connections within our gym are the ones that we've seen, uh, tend to stay for the long haul. So. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think, uh, when you build a strong community again, like it becomes a second home and we all know that. And I think, uh, not only just that, but that it shows how strong a fulfillment process you have as well, because it, I'm sure you guys know this, I've heard it at least once or twice that when you refer somebody, you're genuinely doing it to raise your status, right? So uh, you guys have done such a good job at providing a service that they know they can tell their friend and be like, hey, I had a great experience here. You're going to have one too. And they know that you're going to deliver that service that they received. And at that point, it's going to raise their status in doing so. So I think that that's an awesome perspective without like whether you realize it or not, but that's genuinely why they do it. So, so um, and, and uh, you know, now let's say traffic leads, clients were unlimited. They would keep coming in 10, 20, 30 a day. Hypothetically speaking, how much more can you guys handle? What's that? app for you guys not, <laughs> not much actually um so we we did at one point hit about 300 and we were we were over at one point at about 315 and and, and i just felt like crowded. that was too much it kind of changes the dynamic of what we're what we're going for and what we want in our community and so we both kind of looked at each other and we're like that's kind of the top line um just because people get lost if if we have too many and we don't have enough coaches for that. We don't have a large enough space for that. Um, and I don't want people to be lost. I want people to be known when they walk in the door. And I want to remember details about their life and make sure that we touch on those and check in with them. And if we have too many people, then I can't, like, we can't remember all that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At one point, um, we actually, like nine months in business, we had to put a stop on new members um, because we had 300 plus members at nine months in, um, it was kind of crazy. Like when we, you know, coming, coming from another gym, we thought we knew what to project as far as memberships, but like, you know, we had it kind of all mapped out like month one, we were going to, you know, we were hoping to have like 20 members by the end of month one, uh, by the end of month two, we were hoping to have like 35 members or something like that. Um, by the end of month one, we had a hundred members, uh, by the, end of nine months, we were capped for memberships. Um, and we actually like people would contact us and they're like, Hey, I heard you have a wait list, but, um, and we did at one point we had like a, a 75 to 80 person wait list, uh, for almost a year straight. And we would just, you know, when somebody would leave and we were like, okay, well, we can bring on another person. Uh, we would call somebody up and like, Hey man, I know you've been sitting on the wait list for a couple months. Uh, are you still interested or did you find somewhere else? Um, and, um, and it was, it was incredible. Like people were just like, no, I've been working out at home, like getting ready, waiting for you guys to call. Uh, I'm in, when can I start? You know? Um, so yeah, floating right around under 300 is really our sweet spot for our space. More than anything, we've got, you know, two bathrooms and we do offer childcare. Um, 
and once once we got over that 300 mark we started noticing a tendency to have like too many kids floating around um the the reproductive systems in our community are very healthy uh they're doing good um so there are so many children uh you know which is a part of what we do we we definitely serve families um and we love you know we have kids ourselves and we love um having the kids around and you know our our kids programs are are a ton of fun and usually pretty uh pretty rocking we usually have a bunch of kids in our classes and uh, our kids classes um so yeah kind of about you know sweet spots about 300 uh unless we had a a function built space that was a little bit you know just set up a little bit different uh, a little more intentionally um but with building costs the way they are in alaska at least that is not happening right now completely understandable but i mean wow it's cool so, i mean you guys been through it you know and you guys you know the business better than anybody so i think um obviously you don't want to jeopardize the client experience just for financial gratification which is always the biggest thing you'll you'll have the ltv of the clients increase by just giving them a better experience and not always constantly trying to get to like the ten thousand members or whatever i mean obviously exaggerating yeah, yeah. yeah you know exactly what i mean and so let's take a step back to clients and jump into the leads here so talk to me about the client journey right so someone who is interested maybe i'm on the waiting list and whatnot and i'm interested in signing up um but i need i want to find out more information right so walk me through what the person who goes from being interested to then being sold a membership to then being onboarded would experience we've um we've tried a few different things and it's it's tricky it's tricky with limited hours limited space um, to find what works for us so right now what we're doing is if we bring somebody on, they jump into classes and we just make sure that the coach that is running that class um, is aware that they're a new person. And so we give them a little more individualized attention while still managing the rest of the group as a whole. And then we spend a lot of, a lot of time on the back end after the class is over chatting through questions and helping them process and understand more things um the rest of the crew in the class is really helpful as far as where things are and stuff like that and just welcoming in that situation um we've tried some onboarding classes we've tried running like a three to six week program a couple of times a week when we did that it was really helpful and i feel like a lot of those guys felt way more confident in jumping into classes and not overwhelmed or insecure or felt like they were just being watched how a lot of people can feel when they start but we just don't have the space for that we have one functioning gym space and so we tried to do that alongside another class at the same time and it just it was kind of chaotic at at times but um yeah yeah i would say that you know like when somebody reaches out through our website or gives us a call um we, we try to get back to them as quick as possible and then, and then just, you know, answer the questions they've got. But most of our, most of the normal, like, um, informational stuff we actually have on our website, um, uh, as far as price schedule, everything else, 
that way when somebody does call us or reach out, usually they've got the, the bulk of the questions answered because we don't have like a front desk staff. We, we are it. Um, so we don't, we don't want to spend as much time, you know, yep, this membership costs this much. This is when this class meets, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to try and answer and drive as much attention to that as possible. And, and then again, you know, like we mentioned earlier with the marketing, like that's, that's a way to drive our, our, you know, where we hit on the search engine, uh, list a little bit higher is like, Hey, did you check out our website? That's where to go for, for most of those questions. Um, so then, you know, we, like Emily said earlier, try and get somebody in, have them try out a class an introductory class, because that's what we do. We don't have a ton of open gym times. We don't do, um, really much individual personal training. What we do and what we are is a CrossFit gym. That's our main thing. Uh, we do community-based classes. Um, so, you know, we, we like to try and really emphasize that that's the experience that people are getting when they come to our gym. And, and that's what people are coming for. Uh, and usually I feel like people have a pretty good understanding that when they come to us, that's what they're getting is, you know, uh, group, group CrossFit classes. Um, and then, yeah, just, just really making sure that we try and plug them into the community, give them the tools and resources like, Hey, this is how you RSVP for classes. This is how you log your workouts. This is where you give people fist bumps for their workouts and leave comments and whatever. Um, and really trying to integrate people into the community. I love that. I love that. I think I just thought of the emphasis of, of the community and culture is so strong. You know, it really goes to show what you've built is, is truly, truly solid. Um, and I think oftentimes people lose sight of that for the wrong reasons, of course. But I think being that you're in it for the right reasons, you can't, you can't make it up. It's because you're genuine, you know, and, and you can see it and you can feel it. And I'm sure your clients feel it 100%. So that's awesome. And, and so here's a little bit of a longer-winded question uh, but definitely a great question to kind of self-reflect, you know, almost put yourself in the interview seat and interview yourselves in a sense. So if you even repeat anything, by all means, just let me know. But um, definitely a great question in, in, in itself. So in, in the fitness and gym industry, there's about three pillars of business we use pretty predominantly. And that first one's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, your client acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? That's a good question. Um, what were they again? There's the <laughs> lead generation, which is your marketing. Okay. Um, and then the process after, which is your client acquisition, which is a sale. And then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So ascending them in other services. Ooh. You know, I, I think that we've, because we grew as quickly as we did and we do get as much as many referrals that like by word of mouth, we haven't done a lot of intentional, like, you know, lead generation, um, you know, kind of efforts or, or anything like that. Um, and usually, like I said, when people come in, they have an idea of what they're looking for. And they already generally have answered all those questions. So we haven't had to put a lot of effort into, you know, like turning a sale and, and we almost never have to convince people that they should get a gym membership, which is really awesome because, you know, where I worked before a lot of times when I would help at the front desk, it was like somebody comes in and I'd have to like convince them that this was a good investment. 
Um, whereas we're, we're incredibly blessed to not have to be salespeople. Um, cause that's, and, and that I think is one of the distinctions between us and a number of other, uh, fitness professionals is we legitimately just like to, and want to coach. Um, and, and that's kind of more our passion than driving our business to be like this massive, you know, fitness juggernaut or anything like that. Um, you know, there's, there's areas that we want to grow and things that we want to do a little bit differently, but we, we aren't necessarily looking to, you know, be masters of sales or anything like that. Um, and, and by default and kind of the way that it's worked out, we haven't had to, which is nice for us because we're not having to do something, you know, that puts us in a spot that, uh, we're, we're behaving in a way that we're not, you know, uh, but I think because of that, we've gotten, um, we could get better. Yeah, totally. Like if it, you know, if things shifted within our situation and we needed to get more members, that's probably where we would have to challenge ourselves more and grow more just to kind of um, get those leads coming in. Because right now we haven't had to put a lot of work into that. We have a really great community support and um, have just been blessed in that situation but we've gotten a little comfortable there because of that. Yeah. Right. And so if, if um, things change, then that's definitely where we'd have to be like, Oh crap, what do we do next? Or how do we get these people to, to join? Or we're, we've dropped 30 members this month. What has happened? We need, we need that, no, those numbers back in. And it's kind of um, with prices going up in, in a lot of things, it's kind of like, can we get a little more number like members in because we do need to make more money because prices are going up and, and just what's happening in the economy right now. So um, I think that's probably where we could, we could do better. Yeah. Cause we've, we've intentionally, you know, I think we've done a pretty good job of as the gym has grown. And then, you know, since we've settled into kind of what our top number is really, um, you know, trying to improve the member experience. We, we're constantly trying to figure out other things that we can offer our members uh, to kind of drive the value of their experience up. Um, you know, obviously not only just uh, through experience coaching, but, you know, through different certifications and stuff. Since we started our gym, both of us have obtained our CrossFit level two. Um, I'm working on my level three. Uh, another one of our coaches just got her level two, you know, so we're, we're, you know, trying to, trying to kind of up, up our game little by little, um, you know, and offering more specialty classes here and there, um, where, where we can, you know, like I said, we don't have, uh, more than the one functional workout space. So we're kind of limited to the hours in the day, but you know, like on a Saturday, every now and then we'll like throw in a, Hey guys, after the 10 AM workout, we're going to host a clean and jerk clinic. If you want to, you know, come and pick our brains and see what we can help you with. Awesome. Let's do that. Um, and, uh, stuff like that has been really helpful. Other, you know, community events and uh, just all that, that I feel like has been a little more natural for us, the retention side of things for the most part. Where we shine the most. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where we're definitely the most comfortable. But like, you know, coming out of coming out of COVID, uh, where we lost a lot of members um, was definitely like a, oh, crap moment. You know, like, oh, 
what do we, you know, do we need to throw a bunch of, a bunch of money at advertising online? What do we need to do? But then, you know, once we got through that initial kind of scare of like, oh crap, we're down, you know, cause we were down to like from before COVID 315, we lost, we lost about 30%, about 30% of our membership or so, uh, just because they, you know, either, either going on hold or canceling cause they weren't yeah, comfortable being in a large space or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And we had a lot that lost jobs or were out of work for a while. So it was like, you know, we, we comped a lot of memberships, uh, just because we value people and their mental well being, And we recognized pretty quickly, um, especially cause Alaska, you know, it is higher statistically than most other places, uh, for suicide, um, because it's dark, uh, especially in the wintertime. Uh, and you know, a lot of people that move here from other places can feel really isolated. So we kind of put that emphasis on mental well-being and stuff. And we're like, well, you know, we understand you can't pay whenever you can start paying again. Awesome. Uh, that would be great for us, but we would rather have you still as a part of the gym community um, and and be okay, you know, mentally and physically in the process. So um, we, but we did lose a lot of people. And then coming out of that, kind of looking at that initial, like I said, kind of scare moment, like, oh crap, how do we get back up to where we can pay our bills again? Um, but it again, happened pretty organically. Naturally, people started coming in, we started calling all the people from the wait list. We're like, Hey, you've been on this thing for a while. You interested? Also, we won't cough on you. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, so it was, uh, it was a, a little scary for a bit, you know, it was, that was really hard, um, for us mentally because we are, you know, an all eggs in this basket kind of, kind of gym. Like this is our job. We, the, the two of us don't have other, other jobs, um, like a number of the other gym owners in the Valley that we're in, you know, they have other part-time or so, um, there's, there's only a couple that are full-time gym owners. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of a, a real moment for us. But then it, I, again, uh, we were, we were very blessed in that people started coming in and friends started referring friends and, and we've rebuilt a, a really solid, solid number as far as you know what what we can sustain financially so yeah no i want to say one before i continue i appreciate the honesty transparency throughout the whole thing i mean i think uh with one discussing how you can improve with errors you can improve you know just being transparent on that and i think the fact that you know regardless of success you guys still know that you can improve i genuinely appreciate hearing things like that and the fact that the audience you know might look at you guys as a while these guys are killing it have a waiting list but it's like you, you, the fact that you can be humble enough that you can still improve i think is amazing and again speaks usually on you guys and then secondly with all the COVID, so i know not everybody's too comfortable talking about their their worst moments with covid but uh the fact that you can talk about that as well yeah, i genuinely appreciate that seriously it, it means a lot and, yeah. and and so to kind of continue in this last question unfortunately because i can talk to you guys all day at this point i think you guys are awesome um it's, and it's a good question and i, I think uh i kind of curious to see what your opinions are because it could be the same it could be different um but uh you know if you guys could go back in time to when you first started the gym and you could give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really needed to hear back then um, what would that advice be for you guys <laughs> you want to go first <laughs> um man i don't know that's a that's a good one and that was one 
was one I knew to be prepared for. I know. And it's I, such I still, a, it's such a necessary thing to discuss and um, such a really good question, but it's so difficult to answer. Yeah, there's, there's kind of so many routes you can go. Yeah. Um, I think for me, just given my personality and how I receive things or carry things and how much I put my heart into things. Um, one thing I've really had to work on is just to not take things so personal. Um, I do have to, though we run it like a ministry and we put our heart into what we do, um, that is great most of the time, but it does get hard at times because I do care so much. And so when more personal things come up, uh, in relationship and stuff, it's, it's hard to balance. It's hard to kind of shift from relationship to business mindset. And because it is our business, it is our livelihood. And so, um, as much as I, care about these people and I want them to be better. I also have to run my business in a way that is solid with our values and our foundations and our goals and things like that. Um, and so it's, it's a, it's a battle to go back and forth from personal to business and kind of let those mold together and keep me sane (laughs) and functioning at my best. Cause sometimes, uh, it knocks me off my feet and I, and I don't give my best because I'm human and I'm not always going to get it right. You know? Um, so that's, that's been a, that's been a challenge and a learning experience, um, as we've gone through the last few years, it's been good. It's been successful. And, We've had some really good conversations with some really close friends and some really hard conversations with clients and, um, but it's all worth it. Um, the things that we've gotten to help people through in their life, because we are vulnerable, because we are real, because we are personally invested, it's all worth it. That's why we started doing what we are doing, um, So I'll go through all that hard stuff for the sake of these people, you know, and I'm learning too and growing too. But I think that's probably been the hardest part for me personally is just that balance of personal versus business. I love it. And and for you, (laughs) you know, from, I think for me, um, uh, just thinking, uh, you know, cause I'll, I'll go a little more like the business startup side of it is, um, you, I feel like we were pretty well prepared with like, you know, we knew what our, our bills were going to be roughly. We knew all these different things. Um, and I kind of alluded to the projections that we made as far as memberships. Um, you know, and I feel like we were prepared and we kind of, we, we kind of under projected a little bit like, okay, what if, less people come than we think will show up. Okay. Let's be prepared for that. What if we make less money here because of this, let's be prepared for that. Um, 
you know, and, and one of the things that we preach over and over and over again to our people is like, be prepared for failure, you know, be prepared for when, you know, the stuff gets really hard and uh, all the circumstances are, you know, piling up against you. Like, what are you going to do? Take yourself mentally there so that, you know, when those circumstances come up, when that issue raises its ugly head, you're not caught unprepared and just freeze and panic and fall apart. You know, you can actually attack that with intentionality, knowing that you've been there, you've mentally taken yourself there before. Right. Um, so you're, you're able to succeed. Um, but I think that that is the thing that we didn't prepare for was like, Hey, what if you are more successful than you thought you were going to be? Cause we were like, oh crap, three months in, we had to, or two months in, whatever it was, we had to hire somebody, you know? And we were like, we didn't think we were going to do that until like almost a year in business, uh, hire us another coach. But we found really quickly, like we are in over our ears with people um, because as it turns out, people were looking for a gym in our area, um, you know, and and we're, we're pretty blatant about our beliefs, you know? And we, we kind of built our business on like faith, family, integrity, love, and service kind of modeled after another gym down in, in Kona called respect the corners. Um, they're another faith-based gym. Um, so people just were like, I'm in, we're coming. And, and we were not, we were not quite prepared for that. I don't feel like we had all the infrastructure in place for the possibility that we could grow faster than we anticipated. Um, so I think, and we still don't. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we're still working on that. Um, you know, uh, but I think, you know, I'll, I, you know, I've, I've read a number of different uh, books on gym ownership and management and listen to a lot of different podcasts on it. And like a lot of times people focus on like, you know, that slow, steady growth and, the, and that's good. But like also prepare for the, the what if, you know, because it's, it's a possibility. Like what if you are more successful than you could possibly imagine. What are you going to do? Because if you're not able to rise to that occasion, the quality of service can drop really, really fast if you're not able to meet that demand and, and offer an incredible service in the, in the process. You know, people are going to be like, oh, well, this sounded cool, but it's not actually these guys. These guys are just floundering with way too many people. And you can tell. You can tell yeah. by the quality of service that you're given or the... Um the confidence that you carry, whether you're stressed to the max or worried yeah. or thinking about all these other things versus coaching, you know, and yeah. being present because X, Y, Z is, is happening in a good reason or for a good reason, yeah. but, but, still but stressful. it still throws you off yeah. because you're like, holy crap, what do, what do we do? How are we going to get through this um, and still do it well? Yeah. And that was, that was definitely a, a learning process for us. Um, and, you know, fortunately, I feel like we've made it through most of that. You know, like I said, we're, we're still figuring out even what works for our demographic for, for onboarding. You know, like if we could have it our way, um, people would go through a little more intentional onboarding process than what we currently have. Yeah. Um, but what we currently have is what works for our community. Um and our space in our space. Uh, so, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of still, you know, and we, we've been really blessed. Like we used to actually live in the back of our facility. Uh, there was an apartment in the back of our gym. And that was kind of another way that we, when we were looking at building our business, we were able to blend 
family and business um, because we do have kids. We were like, well, if we start this business, both of us working full time at it, we are never going to see our kids. So we were actually homeschooling before homeschooling was cool two years ago um, and uh, and living in the back of the business, which was good to get the business off the ground because we were literally there all the time. Then it became like, OK, no, we need to we need to actually have our own space. So we bought a house. Uh, we were we were incredibly blessed in the housing boom this last summer. Uh, we bought a house from some members um, about a mile down the road and it was an amazing process. It was good for everybody there. Um, but that has allowed us to, you know, help another business owner kind of get himself off the ground. Uh, one of our members is a chiropractor and wanted to open his own business. Um, so he has moved in with his business to that apartment in the back. Um, and now is, now is operating his own chiropractic practice. Uh, he's got a massage therapist that works for him and he's seeing some amazing success um, because of uh, his his prior involvement in the community and stuff. And then um, obviously the, the proximity to our clientele uh, definitely helps. It's really nice. Uh, but he was, you know, kind of tossing me some ideas a little while ago. He's like, hey, what if you did this series of videos for new people? And it's something we've talked about doing like, hey, you're new to the gym. Here's you know, the 10 videos you need to watch. This is going to give you a rundown of the different things. And we're like, hey, you know what? Maybe let's kick back to that. Let's give that a try. We had talked about it once in the past. Let's try that out. So we've kind of tried a bunch of different things as far as that initial member process goes. And like Emily was saying, the classes and, um, you know, like six week, two or three time a week intro classes and intro individual sessions and all kinds of stuff. And just given the space and again, given the the nature of what we do and what we do well is the the group class. It just so far the thing ha that has lended to success the most has been just like, hey, this is the thing we do. You're jumping in and we're gonna we're gonna help you feel comfortable in the process. Um, but we're still, you know, like, like we were saying, just kind of still looking to improve that process a little bit and figure out like, Hey, what, what can we do different? Um, and, and kind of be better at. So. I love it. I love it, man. You talked about a mic drop. There are so many good things you said on that last one. I had so many good things that at this point I was like, I was, I was like, oh, shout out this one thing he mentioned. <laughs> it's like at the end when you mentioned like getting the uh, the chiropractor in the facility, and all, I was like, what? Like <laughs> you guys are awesome. I mean it. But look, it's a good place to wrap things up in this episode. Before we sign out, you know, um, first, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you guys and the gym? Yeah, our website's refugecrossfit.com, pretty simple. Um, we do a lot of uh, updates and daily posts and um, stuff on our Instagram. It's at refugecrossfit. Uh, we do run an annual women's event. We're on our second year this year. It's a partner comp in Alaska here. So you can follow that at AK Barbells on Instagram. Um, but those are the two places you can hit us up and we're also on Facebook. What is it? Refuge CrossFit AK, I think on Facebook. Yeah. I think it's at Refuge CrossFit AK. Yeah. But we're there awesome. We're posting often and, um, get to see some of, you know, our daily, daily activity up here in 
good old Alaska. But yeah, if anybody's ever interested in coming up for a, a women's competition, uh, we're we're growing that, and it's we've got about a little under a hundred competitors uh, for that coming up this year. Um, Alaska is uh, it's a pretty cool place. You guys ever interested in coming up? It's fun. We'd love to have more people up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast, and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and talk about your gym within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and your team will be touching you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.